Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where we talk all things trail cameras. I am with Chris Duncan, who is the wireless division manager at Muddy, so he handles all things trail cameras for Muddy, from the development to the testing and all things in between. So Chris knows trail cameras. We talk about the specs that you should look for when buying a camera. We talk about whether you should run them year-round or seasonally. We talk about where to place your cameras. We talk about how to get the most out of your cameras. We talk about different accessories that everybody should need, tips and tricks to hanging them, money-saving tips on how to mount them. We talk about all of these things and more. If it regards trail cameras, we pretty much cover it. So guys, whether you use 100 or whether you use four cameras, whether you use them year-round or whether you use them for three months of the year, I promise you this episode will teach you something about how to get more out of your cameras. As always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at ScentLock. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, I don't need to tell you about the blazer vein. You're probably familiar with the blazer vein, and you're probably familiar with boning. Boning has been around forever. It's a name you can trust. They sell products you can trust. They have everything that you need to build your own arrows, all of the jigs to, to fletch your own arrows, all of the veins, all of the wraps, the countless, numerous types of veins and wraps to build any kind of configuration you want. They also have some really cool Fredbear branded products with their Fredbear camo wraps and their Fredbear flannel wraps. Something that's really cool about that Fredbear flannel, that's actually a photo that was taken of one of Fredbear's flannel uh, famous shirts, you know, the red and gray and black that he always wore. That's actually a photo taken of his personal shirt and put on a wrap. It looks really cool, especially on some traditional arrows. But my very favorite configuration, and this is coming from an arrow junkie that's tried out all different kind of veins and all different kind of configurations. I have found that this configuration stabilizes pretty much every arrow. It's whisper quiet. They fly fantastic. The three-inch Bronco vein in a four-fletch absolutely flies like a dart, whether you're shooting mechanicals or big fixed this is going to be a fletching configuration that will work again whisper quiet long range accuracy i love this configuration this is on every single one of my compound arrows they just work guys i would highly encourage you to check out boning not just for the blazer vein but for the heat vein for the broncos for the x veins everything um that you need to build your own arrows is right there on boning's website they've been around for ages and i promise you if you order from them you're going to get products that you can trust. All right, Chris, first things first. Um, I, I got to ask you, I know you're the cell cam guy, but the biggest question I get asked is, have I found a blind to shoot a recurve out of? 
from Muddy. Do you guys make a super tall blind for recurve hunters? We actually do. It is called the Muddy Twin Peaks. And some of you guys uh, may remember uh, double bull blinds back in the day. Well, the guy who invented those, who came up with those, Keith Beam, he actually um, is on our staff and he he helps de- develop and design all kinds of products. So it would have been, it was either last year or the year before he came up with a blind that he called the Twin Peaks. And essentially it's for guys like you that are shooting recurves. It works. I mean, obviously it works for guys who are shooting a gun as well or a crossbow, but the main intent behind that was having these two giant peaks um, that are on the top. And it's, it's something in the design of the hubs and the rods or whatever, but yeah, a guy could definitely bow hunt with a recurve out of it. Perfect. So there you go. I get that question a whole lot and I'm not, I, I don't really know why. Um, I guess because I do hunt out of blinds with recurves. Um, but I get that question quite a bit. Um, I told a story one time we was down in South Texas hunting javelinas and my buddy pulled out a brand new blind. Um, it was a muddy. I don't, I don't remember what, what model it was. Pulls out a brand new blind, fresh out of the box. We set it up and, and, uh, and the way it played out, I was going to be hunting in that brand new blind. And so I go into that blind and, and, uh, I draw back and shoot this javelina. And my other buddy goes, Oh crap. I'm like, what? And he said, look up the limb of my riser had just, uh, of my bow had just torn through the top of that blind, just zippered it probably six, uh, not oh, wow. six feet. I mean, four feet of just a of rip through there. And I'm like, crap. And so I just put black duct tape over it, never told him, put it back in the box and have never heard a word about it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, I want to cover. Well, you'll have to check cameras. out that Twin Peaks. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I certainly yeah, will. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is this is the time of year where a lot of guys have pulled their trail cameras. Um, you know, they've taken them out of the woods. They ran them all deer season long. And now they've pulled them out of the woods. And so I want to start by kind of talking about year-round camera use versus seasonal use. Uh, benefits and negatives of both. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, man. There's some properties where I run them year-round, and there's some properties where they're seasonal for me. Uh, it really just depends. Um, and so w- what are the major benefits of year-round camera use? I mean, so there's a lot of benefits, right? And like you said, it all depends on the property and the hunter and what he's looking to, to gain insight on. Um, but for instance, on my personal farm that I own here in Southern Iowa, where I live, I run cell cams all year. And obviously we know why we run them during deer season, right? I mean, that's very evident. Um, but I also run them all year because I've got them on every single gate entrance to my farm. Uh, this particular farm before I bought it, it was almost like public hunting. So the first couple of years I owned it, I had a lot of guys that would trespass with it. And it wasn't necessarily deer hunting. It was a lot of mushroom hunters or guys looking to go arrowhead hunting. Um, a couple of guys that came to Turkey hunt and, and not that, you know, I, I, uh, am against someone if they would have asked to go and look for arrowheads or whatever else. But the big thing was I wanted to know what was going on my property at all times of the year. Yeah. So, um, security purposes is big. Um, another thing that I, I like is 
is uh, using them for turkeys, right? So I've got them out right now and I've got them in key locations around the farm, strut zones, near roost sites, whatever. And my farm is unique because um, like some farms out there, the turkeys here um, on my place, they're only here in the spring and summer. And then they leave probably around October, they'll take off and I won't see them again. I won't see a turkey again until right about now. So our season in Iowa actually opens up coming up on the um, Monday, whatever day that is, like the 10th or whatever. I don't even know. But anyways, long story short, um, I'm using those to get a really good grasp of when those turkeys are coming back, what part of the farm they're hanging out on, how many of them are out there. And then I'll be able to decide, you know, um, you know, kind of what I've got to work with. So that's just a couple different reasons. Um, but I also just like to see everything else as well. You know, we're doing a lot of habitat yeah. work here, a lot of different management practices. We're trying to bring back pheasants and quail and, and we're trying to monitor how many nest predators we have. Um, and let's admit it. I mean, waking up every morning and go into your command pro app or whatever app you're using, whatever cell cams you're using, it's like Christmas morning every day. Right. So, um, those are the main reasons that I use them. And, you know, they've, they've came a long ways to with obviously the settings to increase your battery life, the way you set them up, what settings you, you have there, but then, you know, a lot of different accessories for them. So, everything's crazy expensive nowadays, right? As far as just anything in this world, even including double A batteries. So, um, I invested in 12 volt battery boxes from HME and they've got a solar panel on them and I never have to touch these cameras. I've got cameras that I put these things out in September and they're still full battery. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a, that's a few reasons why I like to run them all year. Now you guys have the solar pack, don't you? Yeah, we've got solar. So HME is another company that's under the GSM umbrella. So that's hunting right. made easy. We've got a solar pack there as well as 12 volt battery boxes and then 12 volt battery battery boxes with solar panels. And then in the stealth cam lineup, there's obviously a bunch of different accessories as well. So what would be, well, I don't, we'll get into that later. Um, Cause I do want to kind of talk about all the different accessories to extend battery life and all that stuff. Um, my biggest, you know, there was, there was one property, um, that I didn't run cameras on year round, mainly because I'm out there a lot. You know, it's one of those deals where it's close to home. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if the kids want to go camping, that's probably where we're going to go camping. Um, I'm just, I'm on that piece of ground a lot and it's really not one of my prime deer hunting places, you know? I, so I throw some cameras up, you know, come October ish, um, just to see what's on the, on the ground. And just recently I was talking to my buddy. I'm like, dude, I don't have any turkeys. Like none of my properties hold turkeys. He's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, because I'm on them all the time. Like I, you know, I hunt them all the time. And, uh, I said, I've never seen a turkey on this piece of ground. He said, well, do you run cameras year round? And I'm like, no. And, uh, he's like, well, just cause there's not turkeys in the fall doesn't mean they're not there right now. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm not a big turkey hunter. Admittedly, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, I've, quite honestly bash turkey hunters but um and so i threw a camera up sure enough there's turkeys and i'm like well okay very cool um but that's my biggest thing the reason i run them year round is to fully understand what's going on on that piece of ground 
uh, because I've got properties where you will never see a buck all year long until November, you know, 4th or October 31st, right there when the rut starts kicking off, then you'll start seeing all these bucks. So for the first couple of years, I had a camera out, you know, seasonally. And I'm like, holy crap, this place is packed full of bucks. And, you know, then later on, I put one out year round. And I'm like, dude, there's not a, a deer with antlers on this place until the rut. Um, and vice versa. You yeah. know, you've got places where all summer long, you're, you're a summer destination. You know, for whatever reason, uh, you're a summer destination. Maybe you just have a lot of water or, or whatever, but um, you're a summer destination. And then you throw a camera up seasonally and you're like, dude, this place sucks. I don't have any deer at all. Well, really, if you were out there, yeah, you know, sure. opening weekend, you could have stacked bodies, but you just didn't know that the deer were there that early and then left. And so, you know, that's why I want to, to just kind of have this grand overview picture um, of what my deer are doing year round. Um, but also, um, if you're unfamiliar with a piece of ground, if you just bought a piece of ground and or just leased a piece of ground and you have no history with this place, the quickest way to get familiar with it is look at it every day. Um, whether it's 110 degrees or whether it's negative 10, look at that piece of ground every day and you'll get the most familiar with that property the quickest, in my opinion. Yep. No, I agree for sure. Um, and this idea, you know, I've heard guys say, well, A, I don't want to run them year round because it's expensive batteries and SD cards and damage to cameras and replacing cameras. And it gets really expensive. Um, uh, but outside of that, you know, then you've got, you know, human invasion on your ground year round. Um, well, the cell camera solves that. You know, I don't have to go out there every every three weeks if I if I'm running a cell camera with a battery pack. Uh, but also the battery pack solves the issue of, sure. of the cost of batteries. You'll pay for about how much is the HME battery pack? You know, don't quote me, but if you go to our website, um, it's going to be with the solar panel. I believe it's right around seventy nine dollars. And then without oh it might be. 69 but it's right around there so you'll literally pay for it and I, i've actually like, the first ones it'll pay for itself so quick you know you look at double a's right now depending on where you're buying them from they're averaging like a dollar 50 a double a maybe two dollars a double a depending on where it's at you know and how much bulk you're buying them in but um you know they're going to pay for themselves pretty quick and they're going to last you a long long time i mean i've got cameras that have been up since first ones I put out last summer were in July on a water hole and there's, you know, they're, they're getting sunlight every day uh, to recharge and yeah. trickle charge that, uh, that 12 volt battery. But um, yeah, they're still going strong. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I, then, I'm you know, you got to right look now. at it too from, yeah. And then you look at as far as the, the data plans go and then the cameras themselves, you know, the technologies came a long ways with the cameras. Um, the price points have have dropped and they continue to drop. So they're cheaper than ever before, you know, depending on what model you you purchase, depending on what features you want in that camera. Um, they're, you know, they're less expensive than ever before to purchase the camera itself. And then the data plans have, you know, they've become uh, more competitive and we're going to release some data plans probably right around that first week of June. 
we'll have them live on our website that will be um, the most competitive data plans in the market. And when it, and a lot of it, you know, what I would tell guys to do is potentially look at how many cameras you only want to run for certain times a year, right? And those cameras you're going to do a monthly plan on. Maybe you're like, well, this farm over here, I only, I only want to run this many cameras for two or three months a year. Then you might have another spot or maybe security purposes, like I said, on gate entrances or like, hey, I want to hold five cameras back um, that I want to be able to run all year. And those are the cameras that you're going to do annual plans on. So the annual plans are going to be significantly less expensive. And, um, you know, it's a one-time one-time deal. You purchase it, it lasts for the whole year. Um, but yeah, you'll have to check out StealthCam and, and GoMuddy.com for guys who are interested in and learning more about our data plans. But um, for, for the multi-cam user, they're going to be the most competitive the the uh, least expensive than any other camera on the market today um and then for the single user i think one thing that consumers should really look into are hidden fees right so there's camera companies out there that they will state that your camera is going to cost you x amount of dollars per month but to get unlimited or to get hd downloads or uh, or videos or on-demand features then you have to pay a monthly fee of ten dollars and that will be for all your cameras right so um really look for those types of hidden fees and then compare plans compare different companies if, if that's something that you're concerned with if you're really like trying to dial in which which camera is the best for you but then also which date data plan makes the most sense for you look at all those things so my my opinion of this is that there are cameras out there and and I've made this statement before about muddy tree stands um you know this whole new like lightweight tree stand is on the rage but they cost 400 bucks for a hang on and you're like what and I'm like well I can buy you know four and a half muddies for the price of one of those um, and it's going to be more comfortable. It's not that much heavier. And, you know, my, I kind of look at it as like you pay for the light feature so you can carry it around and move it so much. Well, I pay for, you know, five muddies for the same price you paid for your one tree stand. And I've just got five setups. I don't have to move it around every day. Um, yep. so that's, and I, I make the same kind of, uh, argument for cameras here. There are cameras out there that cost three, four, five hundred dollars. Why? Like they're not going to give you any better picture quality. Uh, quite frankly, I have not found them to last any longer. Um, in fact, you know, I've spent high dollar money on cameras that lasted a season. And I'm like, what in the heck? Whereas I've got muddies running from 2019. Like, and, and you know, yeah. the same is true. I can buy four cameras for the price of your one. And what's going to be more beneficial to have four cameras out or have one that's taken, you know, 0.5 megapixels better, you know, however that works. Um, you know, what's more beneficial to have four cameras or one that's taken a, a microscopic, you know, <laughs> I mean, just a fraction of a better picture. Um, that That's my argument there. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. I think especially when it comes to the trail cameras, right? The, uh, 
the development of these cameras has came so far. And you look at some of the brands out there, you're right. They've got very expensive, you know, much more expensive cameras than others. Um, I think the biggest thing is just like the data plans, right? Just look at all the features, the trigger speeds, the, you know, the detection range, talk to other guys, talk to other people and see what, what's working well for them. Um, and I think you'll be blown away by some of the answers you get. I know that I've been in this role now, um, working fully on it for about three years and the strides that our team has made. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm shocked that we've, we've came this far, uh, in such a short time, the quality of the photos that are being, that are being sent to these, to our app now is unbelievable. Um, but you know, we've got a full-time team of our own engineers that this is all they do every single day. We've got beta testers that are out there every day doing firmware updates, trying new stuff. A lot of, a lot of really cool behind the scenes things are going on. Um, and my goal, and I know it's every company's goal, right? Uh, their, their goal is to be the best there is. And our goal is to be the best there is, but to be the best there is at affordable prices. And, um, and, I, and I firmly believe that we're getting there. And there's a lot of cool stuff that we are also going to offer outside of the camera that is within the app. So that's another thing to consider too. We are, and we can go into as much detail as you want. Um, I have no issue talking about some of the new stuff we're going to launch uh, in June that it will be included in our app. But, um, you know, the development of, of our new app that we'll launch is going to be incredible. It's going to be a great tool for, for hunters, for sure, from everything from mapping features to helping pattern game. We're going to, we're going to have some, awesome. some stuff in there that no one, no one else has. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we will definitely dive into the new stuff, um, that's coming out here in just a minute. I'm excited to talk about some of those things. Um, you know, and I'm just a firm believer and I've said it a thousand times, um, that if it says muddy on it, it's, it's something you can trust. And those cameras are the exact same way. Um, but I, dude, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of exactly what you just said. Find somebody that's excelling in what they're doing and, and you don't have to break the stinking bank over it. Um, that's my favorite thing about bear archery. Um, that's why, um, I, you know, I love them so much is that you can get an incredible bow without spending a two thousand dollars um you know same with like scent lock and and muddy and uh i mean if you look at anybody that i work with uh or that i shoot or that i use at all um you're gonna look at it and say man he doesn't spend a lot of money uh, and i don't because the biggest question i get asked is like how do you afford to go on all these hunts well if you ask me how do i afford to go on an elk hunt but i look at you and you're wearing seven thousand dollars worth of camouflage and you're shooting a three thousand dollar bow boom there's a fully guided elk hunt right there um you just spent a yep. fully guided elk hunt on your camouflage um and you know i dude i've listen i've i've seen pictures of chuck adams in the back country of alaska with nothing but cotton t-shirt camo on and i'm not talking about 30 years ago i'm talking about last year when he broke a world record um you know if, if you take a snapshot of Chuck in Alaska, he was literally wearing cotton t-shirts and shooting a bow that cost $500 and broke his world record twice in Alaska. So, you know, I've just, I've come to this realization that 
man, I don't have to spend crazy amounts of money to enjoy hunting or to be successful hunting. Um, and that's what I, I love about muddy. Um, you know, if somebody asked me what tree stand should I go with muddy, uh, because it's $99 and it's going to be comfortable. You can trust it. It's safe. Uh, what trail camera should I go with muddy? Um, because those things are going to last you a lifetime. They're dependable. Um, and if they do break, well, then you don't have to cry and take out a new loan. Um, so that's, that's just kind of my spiel. Um, but let's get into more informational type stuff. How many trail cameras? This is the tricky question here. Um, and I have covered it before. Um, so we don't have to go too far into depth, but, um, I, I talked about it with the race hunting guys. Um, how many trail cameras should a guy run? Um, or, or what's a good rule of thumb, um, on, you know, if you've got a property that's 80 acres, how many trail cameras should you have on 80 acres? Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a good question, but it's also kind of a hard question to answer because there's so many variables. I look at each farm <laughs> different, right? I mean, it, it is like, there's certain farms that, that I have permission to hunt that, you know, it's, it's one draw and it's. 70 it's an 80 acre farm that is uh literally it's i've got an 80 acre farm right up the road here that i can hunt and it's one ditch that has a pond at the end of it and the rest of it's wide open ag fields well that farm i can put one camera on that ditch and i can get about every single buck that's running that during the rut in the summer there's nothing up there hardly um and honestly they're super hard to pin down because it's a wide open ag area so those deer are really spread out um unless you're putting bait down or something, right. And trying to get an inventory that way. Um, but you know, on my home farm here, um, it's 155 acres. And I think I've got right around 20 cell cameras going in the, you know, I guess in the heat of the, of the season. And I, you know, you start to really dial in, you know, you can look at the maps, uh, a topo map. And then, you know, after you hunt a farm a while, you start figuring out, where the bedding area is at and what that movement is from those bedding areas to food or whatever, water, um, where they're crossing to go, uh, you know, crossing the road to go into a neighbor's, whatever it may be, you start to kind of dial that in. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of figuring out those farms and then also how much you really like cameras in general and how, you know, I get a lot of the same bucks, um, on camp on multiple cameras, but then, you know, one thing that I do find very interesting is it's almost like you can never have enough because you're looking at a, this camera, this one camera is pointing at one, one small area, right? So you could have a camera, for instance, on, let's say like here, I could have a, I could have one camera on an acre brassica plot and there could be scrapes around that and a couple, you know, trails going in and out of it. And I could get a buck that hits the one camera but then if i have another one 60 yards away he's he's not on it that same day so i never would have known yeah. right so um it's there's just so many variables i think i think using um terrain features uh, if you wanted to minimize your cameras using terrain features um and then you know putting things out like scrape trees rubbing posts whatever trying to you know draw those deer into a certain spot to get that photo is key, but, uh, I'm also a believer that the more cameras, the better, um, just to get a really good feel of what's, what's going on. And, uh, you can, you can learn so much from it. 
And I, I think you nailed it. So I kind of rambled there. I apologize. No, 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 no. I think you nailed it spot on. Um, there is no cut and dry. Every 100 yards have a camera. Every 400 yards have a camera. Every 10 acres. There, there really is no cut and dry answer. Because I've got, dude, I mean, especially you're talking Kansas. I've got places 400 acres. There's one tree row. I mean, there's literally one tree line. And if the deer aren't there, they're not there. Um, that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I've got places at six acres and I've got two cameras out. I mean, um, so what I, I encourage people to do is look at, and you've mentioned it, look at a map and anything you see. If you see different sections, like if you if you look at this, you're like, man, deer could be here and deer could be here. It just looks like put them both, you know, put put a trail camera at each. If there's a ridge line or a you know something that's going to keep deer from coming to from over here to over here, you need to have two cameras up. Um, if there is, you know, if you look at something, you're like, man, dude, I bet they're they're coming through here to get from here to there. Put put one at destination A and B and where you think they're traveling to get there. Um, look at it as though you're trying to like figure out a house, like as if you're trying to say, well, there's bedroom one, there's bedroom two, there's bedroom three, there's the hallway that they're using to get between the two. Um, there's the kitchen. That's where they're going to get all their food and then put trail cameras at all those places you just broke up. Um, if there's any kind of, uh, pinch point where you look and you're like, well, man, there's a bluff coming right up to a river here. Um, so they're going to have to pinch through here, put one there. Um, you know, I've got like my, my place in Oklahoma there, um, there's a massive rock cliff that comes right up to the Creek. And so, uh, it comes to a nice little pinch point of, you know, 10 feet wide. Um, so any deer that's crossing has to go through that one place camera. Um, so that's, that's just kind of, and then you're absolutely right, Chris, over, over time, you're going to realize, okay, they don't, this isn't what I thought it was here. Um, you know, I thought deer would be bedding in here a whole lot. They're really not. Um, so I'm going to pull that camera and put it somewhere else. Um, so you can really figure that out and fine tune that. Um, you know, and I'm not, I understand most guys probably can't afford, you know, 20, 30 cameras. Um, so break that down. I mean, what can you afford? And then look at, so if you can afford five cameras, look at your piece of ground and say, where's the five places I really want to hit. And then after two months, if you go, I'm just not getting the pictures I thought I would get here, move that camera somewhere else. Um, and then over time, you know, I didn't just buy 40 cameras. I didn't just say, all right, let's go on muddy.com, add 40 of those to the cart and buy them. But over the years, you know, I've got cameras from 2018 that are still running um, and they're still out there. And so over the years, you know, I've just acquired yep. more and, and bought more. And, you know, dude, I don't remember what camera it was. Um, I think it was the Morph. But I got them on sale okay, at a yep. farm goods store, uh, an Orchlands here in town, for like fifty nine bucks a piece. And I'm like, holy crap! And I bought like seven of them. Um, but yeah, I would have yeah, gobbled I mean, them up. Yeah, end of the year. That's my biggest trail camera tip: is go to all your little local farm goods stores and and tractor supplies and all those. You know. February and they're just going to be selling those things like crazy at dirt cheap prices. And you can get, you know, like one time Dix was doing like a two for 50 or two for 60 on the, they weren't the cellular ones, the cellular ones, they were the other ones, but um, you know, like a two for 60 and you can just pick up so many trail cameras over the years by doing that. Yeah, no doubt for sure. 
Guys, if you run any kind of supplement for your deer, which you absolutely should, there are things that deer need. And I have found that when I run supplements for my deer, um, it keeps them on my property so they don't go wandering off onto other properties looking for that thing that they're needing. And so I have just dove fully into running minerals and protein for my deer all year long. Buck bourbon does supplements and attractants really, really well. Whether you're looking for a long range attractant like the 110 proof, um, or whether you're looking for a feed that you can run all year long in a feeder or, um, even just on the ground in their barrel proof, Buck Bourbon has what you need. I can tell you story after story of going onto a new 500 acre piece, dumping out some long range attractant and deer just coming into it. Guys, it will make a difference in the way that you see your deer come in. So guys, I would highly encourage you to check out Buck Bourbon. You can use code hunting 101 in all caps to get 15% off. But I would just encourage you, no matter what, to start running some sort of supplement for your deer. It'll have a happier, healthy herd. You'll keep them on your property more, and you can better manage those deer. Guys, go check out Buck Bourbon. I also get the question about batteries a lot, um, and batteries in conjunction with solar packs. So if you're running a solar pack, do you still have to run batteries? Does it help to still run batteries? I recommend it. And the only reason I, I say that is just, you've got a backup plan then, right? You got a backup. If something, you know, we, we make our solar, for instance, our solar panels now, um, they used to just slide right up into the bottom of the camera. Well, now we've got them threaded. So you twist them. And before that though, you know, a coon or whatever hits it, a squirrel jump climbs up it or whatever, pulls it out branch falls on it, whatever, you know, there's so many things that can happen that are outside of your control. Now with it being threaded, it's probably, it's not going to fall out. Right. But, um, like I said, if a branch falls on the solar panel or something crazy happens, a coon climbs up the sides and pushes it the wrong way. Now it's not getting sun. Um, it's always nice to just throw those double A's in that way. You've got a backup. Um, now do you have to use, do it that way? No, but that's just what I would recommend is to, to have, everything you need right there. And that way you're completely covered if something does go wrong. Gotcha. Um, I, I look at it, maybe this is just a stupid little redneck way of looking at it, but I look at it as like that camera was designed to have batteries in it. So it's probably going to run better if I have batteries in it. Um, even though it's pulling the juice from the solar panel, it's probably going to run better if it has batteries. I don't know. Uh, that's just kind of my dumb redneck way of thinking about it, but. I can't tell you one way or another. I haven't noticed that, but um, I also run batteries in them all the time as well. So I know you can do it either way, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I guess I can't tell you one way or another on that one. Well then, Hey, I'm, I'm doing it right. I mean, if the man himself does it, then I'm doing it right. So um, there you go. <laughs> so what all accessories, what all accessories do you recommend? I know what I recommend. Um, if I was to to give you a buying list for trail cameras, if you were to give me a buying list for trail cameras, what would that list be? So one thing that I see a lot of guys that, especially in the high pressured states, you know, that the deer are nervous around cameras in certain, certain areas. Right. And one thing I've noticed, especially like that first year of running cell cameras, it just seems like for whatever reason, those deer are just a little bit hesitant, especially those big, mature bucks. So, um, guys who have, 
who have a deer herd to hunt like this and they want to be completely invisible um buy like an like an hme mount simple mount that you can put screw into a tree you can put it what i always tell guys put it right there six foot seven foot high where you can still reach it um and angle it down it also works good to do that on public land right if uh, your state allows that you can put them on public land um and then so that's one thing for guys who want to do it that way or honestly if you just they work awesome even at eye level they work great everywhere you can tilt them different directions whatever so that and then one thing that i really like to use i i have i use them all the time are the uh are basically like our dual ground mount and muddy and that is gives you the ability where if you don't have the perfect tree or it's not the perfect spot like there's no tree at all right uh, maybe a food plot or you know a creek crossing whatever you can put this dual ground mount on the ground the camera goes on, right on top of it you can put two cameras on it if you want it's adjustable up and down um, and then also um, up and down height wise but then also you can tilt the camera whatever angle you want um, so those work awesome we've got We've got those in Muddy. We've got a similar product in Stealth. We've got one in Stealth that actually also will hold your solar panel as well. So that's one thing that a lot of us, uh, we wanted. You know, you had the ground mount, but then there was no way to attach a solar panel to it. So you kind of had to rig right. it up there. And um, so we made a very clean version of that now that's available on Stealth Camp's website. Um, but I think the biggest, like I said, I and mean, we keep circling back here, I think the biggest thing is the battery, the, you know, increasing that battery life. So either either using a solar panel or a 12-volt battery box or a combination of both. Um, the whole point of a cell camera is so you don't have to go back to it, right? I mean, that's that's what we want. We don't want human intrusion. We want to stay out till the time's right. Um, and, you know, we don't want to go, we don't want to go bump deer, turkeys or whatever we're hunting. So having the ability to put that camera there and just leave it is, is huge. And, um, those are, I guess the, I would say the, uh, the more, I guess, top of my mind, um, accessories that I would look into. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to gomuddy.com. And if you go to sell cameras right now, the manifest 2.0 bundle is on sale for $129. That's outrageous. That's $120 yeah. in savings. That's a camera and a cell and a solar panel and a card and a mount for $130. Um, so literally mind blowingly cheap. So that's what I'm gonna buy. Because if I, I dude, if if you still run straps, you're wrong. Like, I'm just sorry. Um, because those little things that you screw into the tree, whatever you call them, um, that HME etch mount. Yeah. Those, those things that you screw into the tree, man, it makes it so much easier. Um, so much better, so much cleaner, so much, I mean, good Lord, dude. I can't tell you how many times I've went to get a camera off the tree and the strap is like, you know, part of the tree now. So you just got to cut it, uh, and then buy a new strap. And I mean, it just. Those things are so much better. Um, and then I am a, listen, don't hate me here. I don't buy any kind of special posts or any kind of special mounts or anything like that. What I do is I go to the lumber yard and I say, hey, guys, I need some nasty old two by fours. Just the cheapest stuff you got. 
and they're like, Oh yeah, do we, we just had a whole batch come in, um, that we can't sell because it's all garbage. Uh, so go get it. I'm like, deal. I cut those into, you know, seven foot, eight foot posts, dig a little hole and I bury it, you know, three foot, four foot. So I've got a five foot two by four. Um, and I can now screw that little thing onto the two by four and put my camera on there. Um, it makes it, it's perfectly flat. It's easy. I mean, it just, there's nothing to it. You know, I don't have to try to, whether it's on a edge of a wheat field or back in the, in the woods, I can make it work anywhere. Um, so that's what I do, man. Um, and that's, you know, yeah. again, that's the cheap way of doing it, but. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a little bit more cumbersome to have to go move. It, it takes a little bit more time, but if you got a spot set out and you're going to leave it there and that's where it's going to be, or you don't care about having to deal about or worry about moving it, then, Hey, it's, oh, yeah. it's well, a, not a bad idea at all. Dude, last year I bought 16 footers for five bucks a piece. Um, so out of that, I got, I got two a piece, um, cause I wanted them eight foot long so I could put, you know, however much in the ground. Um, so I bought like, I bought four of them. So I spent 20 bucks and had, um, eight posts and you know, those are going to yep. last me forever. They're treated lumber. Um, so I've got eight places now that are set up, ready to rock and roll. I can screw on the little, um, holder and put a camera on it. I can, uh, strap the solar panel to it or put a, a you know, another, uh, screw on for that or, or whatever I end up doing. But, um, that's, that's just my tip. Um, what is your key placement? Like when you're going to put a, tr a, a camera out, what do you recommend people do to get the best pictures as far as on scrapes or rubs or travel corridors or, you know, what are you looking for to think this is where I'm going to get incredible pictures? Yeah. So kind of goes back to, there's a lot of different variables, right? Um, first off, know your camera, know the settings. So if you're buying a camera that has a 0.7 second trigger speed, for example, or even potentially up to a second, depending on the brand and the model. Then if I'm going to run that camera, I'm it's going to work fine on a scrape. It's going to work fine on a water hole. It's going to work fine where deer or whatever game animals it's taking a photo of are going to stop in front of it. It's going to do good. Um, now that camera, if you have it facing directly at it, you know, facing this way and the trail runs this way, well, it might not work so good. So if you're going to run it on trails, then make sure you angle it down the trail. So then that game animal's walking, there's more of a window for it to catch it. Um, that would be a tip that I would say, just know your camera, know the product, um, know the app, uh, face them. in. I don't like to face them to the South. I like to face them to at least, uh, Northwest to Northeast, somewhere in a northerly direction if possible. That way the sun isn't glaring down on it. Um, and causing false triggers or just bad images in general. Right. So those are two of the big things. Um, you know, as far as inventory goes, it's really hard to beat a good scrape, good hot scrape, uh, early October, mid October on, on a field edge, you can get a lot of inventory that way. Um, and then, and cool you know, as, as, and some really cool photos and videos, and, you know, one thing, too, is just to watch what the camera is doing as you're getting these photos. Um, you know, you can then go in and, and remotely change certain settings, right? So 
like new for this year, we're going to have, you're going to have the ability on our command pro app with your muddy cameras, your new muddy cameras that you buy. The older versions won't allow this, but uh, the new ones, you can adjust the PIR sensitivity. So um, that's, that's one cool thing. You can adjust how many photos, which that's all of our cameras, how many photos it's taking. Um, You know, you can adjust, adjust the delays, all, all kinds of things like that straight from your app. So just monitor your camera, see what it's doing and adjust accordingly. Perfect. Um, yeah, my biggest tip is just the the north and south or the east and west. Um, you want to put your camera primarily facing north and south. That way you don't get crazy amounts of glare. Now, I'm a fan. You mentioned the six foot rule, you know, getting them up there and pointing them down. I'm a fan of that for picture quality, period. Um, I think you you. You know, if you put them so low, if you put them at four feet, five feet, um, if you put them that low, you're going to get a lot of grass blowing and, st- you know, all that stuff and to trigger your pictures. And I've just found that I get better performance at six feet high. Um, you really help with shadows moving across the grass. Um, you really help with, you know, that type of stuff. Um, and. You don't have. To, I've had deer break cameras because they're they they go to make a a rub on the the tree that it's on or on the two by four. I dude, I've had them destroy a two by four. My little trick I just told you, I've had them destroy a two by four, and the camera's oh, yeah. gone. Um, you get some really cool pictures before mm-hmm. it, but then the camera don't work no more. Um, and so you know that six foot rule. I, I just cameras last longer. Um, you know they're less invasive, like you you talked about. Um, but I just have found that I get better pictures that way too. So, um, yep. You've, you've talked quite a bit about specs. What should, what is the standard of good? Like if you don't understand picture quality and you see 0.4 trigger speed, you know, X amount of megapixels and, uh, X amount of range for distance, you know, of what should somebody be looking for in those specs? Yeah. So what I would consider, if you're looking at trigger speed, I would say 0.4 and faster. That's pretty, it's pretty quick. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit pricier, right? But that's, it's pretty quick. Um, when it comes to megapixels, I think one thing to consider is what, when it comes to a cell camera, what is the quality of the photos that you're receiving from that camera? Because if there's a camera company out there or a brand that, you know, let's say they have a 40 megapixel camera, but they're sending you a very low resolution image to your app because it's not going to cost them as much data and they're going to make more money on the back end off of you. And they're sending a grainier photo to the app. Well, then who cares what the megapixels of that camera are, right? Because right. unless you're just going to continually pay X amount per down per HD download, it really doesn't matter. So, um, I think there, you know, that's really open-ended question because there's, there's once again, like I keep going back to, there's a lot of variables. I think that's one big thing to to look at is, you know, that, that was something that we, we really wanted was we wanted the clearest photos to the app for the consumer. And you go back to saving money, right? That was a big thing you talked about. It's an expensive time to be not only a hunter, but just to, just to be alive right now. Right. So, um, to live, it's crazy. So I would, I would tell 
anybody that our cameras, the photo they send to the app, whether it's a, you know, one of our lower end cameras or one of our higher end cameras, like our brand new Deceptor, that's going to be, you know, 40 plus megapixels or our DS4K transmit, or like you said, a muddy morph, super high, you know, those have high megapixels and you look at a manifest or, you know, like, let's say an encounter 2.0. And that's, I know that's on the wild game side. And just so you guys are listening, you understand, we actually have three camera companies underneath the GSM umbrella, but, um, those cameras are all going to send quality images to the app. And yes, you could download an HD video or you can download an HD photo, but a lot of guys are going to look at what image they get from us. And they're like, man, that's, that is legit. That is very good. And they're going to, you know, talk to buddies, talk to buddies that are running other camera brands, say, Hey, what's the photos look like you're, that you're getting to your app and then, and then start comparing them. They're not going to lie to you. They're your buddy. That's why I always tell people, talk to your friends, talk to your family. Don't necessarily believe some random dude on a podcast. You don't know. Don't necessarily believe a commercial you see. It's all right. firsthand experience and firsthand knowledge and talking to people that use this, that you can trust. And I, and that's one thing that I, and the rest of us here at GSM, at Stealth Cam, Muddy Wild Game, that's like, that's kind of one of those things that we really, especially that, that's what I, that's what I think about every day when I'm yeah. making statements or when I'm, we're developing something and we're coming up with a new product. It is, I want to have my neighbor. If he asked me, what do you think about this? I'm not going to lie to him. Right. Right. Uh, and I also want him to use it because he's going to go send his buddies the photos and they're going to look at it and go, holy crap, that those are sweet. Those are good. That's how you, that's how you grow. That's how it's not paying for a 30 second commercial on the outdoor channel. You know, we're I also, not saying that, you know, advertising right. isn't important, but making a quality product is the most important part of the whole scenario. And then the rest will follow. I think a lot of people know this because I get a whole lot of emails and a, a whole lot of Instagram messages with questions about bow setups and arrow tuning and um, how to hunt a property or, or whatever. Um, guys, message me. Like, I'll show you pictures that I've gotten off of Muddy's um, sent to the app. Uh, I heard of one time, Chris, this, this trail camera company was sending camera guys out and they had, you know, $5,000 DSLRs to take pictures of deer and then they were just putting them on like it was a trail camera picture. Um, and that's how they were showing people the quality of their images. Um, and that, that kind of stuff happens all the time in, in, in this world. Uh, not, I'm not saying currently with trail camera companies, but just the miscommunication of this is how good our stuff is. So guys, yeah, shoot me a message. Like I'll show you, uh, firsthand what I, what I've got. Um, what's the single most, I would say trigger speed, but what's the single most important spec you think that they should look for? You know, what, what I look for is reliability, right? And that's not even, I guess that's not even a spec. It's real. It's, I want a camera that has, is reliable. I want an app that's reliable. I can work around the trigger speed based on my setup, but I can't, I can't work around the battery life unless I buy Unless I buy an accessory for it, right? So a reliable camera, a reliable app. And then third, I would say, is battery life. Now, if you go buy something to support that, then that's 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 even better, but it costs more money, right? So um, 
reliability on camera and app and battery life are probably my most two important things. Just, I just want it to work. I want it to work the way it's supposed to. I don't necessarily need all the fancy bells and whistles. Now don't get me wrong. As, as the, um, technology continues to, to get better and more in depth and increase and just all the awesome features that these apps have and these, these cameras have, that's all great. But at the end of the day, we want something that's going to be reliable. We want it to be affordable. Um, yeah. And as far as I guess a spec goes, would probably be battery life. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with that. Um, guys, the best camera, my favorite camera is the Morph. Um, and it's on sale right now for $149. And it's buy one, get one. So you're getting two cameras for $150. Bucks. That is crazy. And that's a 26 megapixel, 1080p video. Um, that's 0.4 trigger speed. That's a hundred feet um, of of um, what sort I'm looking for. Hundred feet detection detection, detection range. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's going to be a phenomenal camera. And right now you're getting them, you know, two for 150. So I would definitely go get on GoMuddy and pick some of those up. Um, last question I got for you: AT and T versus Verizon. Uh, I've had a guy say, you know, he, he's like, dude, my, my mom got me a Verizon camera for Christmas, but I'm on AT&T. Can I even use it? Um, how does that work? How does the AT&T or if somebody's like, I got T-Mobile, I can't use any of these. Um, how does that work? Yeah. So a couple things there, we get, we get questions all the time, right? We're especially guys who are new to running cell cameras. They, like you said, they might have T-Mobile or they might have U.S. Cellular, but then as far as their phone carrier, but don't throw that out the window. The only time I would ever even look at that is what phone service is the best in your area and then and then couple that with what cell camera you're going to buy. As the manufacturer, we, pre, we pre-buy the data and then that's – so then we have the SIM cards that are already pre-installed in your camera so if you buy a Verizon, just make sure that um, Verizon is the best in your area. If you buy an AT&T, make sure AT&T is the best in your area or vice versa, right? Um, to take the guesswork out of this is we're going to do dual network coverage with all of our new models moving forward. So awesome. these will start landing um, and hitting retailers late May. And every every cell camera we have that's a new model for 23 and beyond will already have two pre-installed SIM cards, both AT&T and Verizon. And what that camera is going to do, it takes the guesswork out of it for you. Um, because honestly, there's certain areas where there's somewhat of an overlap there, right? Of AT&T works better here. And then you go three miles down the road and yeah. Verizon might work better. Well, what the new cameras will do is they will auto detect the best network and auto connect to that. So all you got to do is turn it on let it run through its process of, uh, you know, finding your, you know, making sure that SD card's correct. Then it'll go to the next one where it's going to find the network. And when it's finding that network, it'll auto connect. So uh, it's, it's going to be pretty sweet. It's going to take that guesswork out. It's going to take like what you just said, you know, someone bought me a camera and um, it doesn't work as good here. Right. So it, it's going to really help with, um, with that. And just one less thing guys have to worry about. That's awesome. Yeah, that is uh 
That's cool. Uh, man, I am incredibly excited about the new stuff you guys got coming out. Sounds like um, Muddy is continuing to change the game, and uh, that's exciting. Um, what's your number one? I, I've already given two of mine. Uh, just to recap, my two hunting 101 field note tips for you is two by fours, um, make a great mounting system, and try to put your cameras north and south. Uh, that way they're not looking into the sun. Um, what's your number one trail camera tip that you've got to share with the listener to make them a better user? Hmm. I would say the number one thing is just, and I kind of mentioned it a few times, just really understanding your camera. And then just like what you said, facing it the right direction, make it one thing I always do too is make sure I don't have a lot of brush or branches that are in front of it that are going to blow on the wind. So take time when you set it up to uh, make sure it's setting it facing in an appropriate direction. Um, make sure that if you look at that photo, which this kind of goes to our new theme for 23, um, we're going to offer on-demand photos and videos. So with the press of a button, you can make your camera send you a photo. That'll be for 23 models and better. Oh, I've been testing cool. them for the last six months and I do it every time I set a camera up and what I want, because of what I want to do is it, we can try to guess and most of us get fairly good at guessing, um, how that camera's angled and where it's going to detect movement, right. Or where it's going to detect game, whatever. Um, but when you look at that photo, if you go right down the middle of it, make sure that that would be where like the middle of where the deer would be walking. Or if you're putting them out for turkeys, like right now, I put them a little bit lower because I want it where, you know, those, that middle of that camera is, that's where it's going to detect the motion the best. You'll have way less, um, way less missed images. You'll get way more photos a game. So I would just, that's one thing I would pay attention to as well. That is cool. Yeah, I'm incredibly excited about the new stuff you guys got coming out, man. Uh, sounds like, sounds like I'm gonna have to spend some money. So, which is okay, guys. I'm an arrow junkie. I love arrows, and I have found a fondness for deer crossing archery. Everybody makes a good arrow. I'm not saying that anybody out there makes a bad arrow, but what really sets deer crossing archery apart is when I call them. I'm gonna get a the owner on the phone. I'm going to get the guy that's building my arrows on the phone and they're going to walk me through a complete custom build. They're not shipping me a box of arrows that they ship out to everybody. I'm going to pick my knot colors, my fletching colors, my wrap colors, the fletching configuration I want on the arrows. Not only that, I'm going to walk him through my setup. I'm going to walk him through what I'm looking to get out of the setup. I'm going to tell him total arrow length I want to be hitting, total arrow weight I want to be hitting, total uh, insert, outsert weight I want to be hitting, FOC, and he's going to custom build a set of arrows and send them to me. My arrows aren't going to be best for you. Your arrows aren't going to be best for me. We need custom arrows. Deer Crossing Archery builds those arrows custom for you, and they always perform. Their silencer shaft is my favorite arrow on planet Earth. I've shot 40-plus animals with that arrow. It always performs. It always blows through the animal. I always get great penetration. It's a micro-diameter shaft. They do have a full line of shafts. Uh, the new Rupture Arrow is a phenomenal arrow. I shot a deer with it this year in Missouri. I love their arrows. Guys, I would highly encourage you to check out Deer Crossing Archery because 
you don't have to go to a box store and buy a set of arrows that are just made from the factory. You can get arrows custom made for you that are going to work best for you and your setup. Guys, use code HUNTING101 to get a discount at Deer Crossing Archery. I would highly encourage you to check them out. They are phenomenal. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Um, whether you're a, an annual tree stand, or uh, I'm sorry, whether you're an annual uh, camera user or a seasonal guy, uh, whether you run 40 or whether you run 10, um, hopefully we've given you some information um, that can help you get more out of your cameras and, and know what to look for when you're purchasing cameras. Guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys have a fantastic week. <laughs>